This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I think that it's boring when like people try to be similar or the same as like, you know, like people that are out there and inspiring people. Because in the same time, I think there's something beautiful about being different and having those imperfections. I think if everyone was perfect, that would be so boring. Like, yeah. I love that, like, I don't do my eyebrows anymore because I actually like the way they are now. Like, you just have to, like, start accepting yourself, too. Yeah. And I think the more you accept yourself, the more you like yourself and the more you show to the world that you're actually happy with yourself. And then that brings beauty. Welcome to The Real Real, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today, I just got done recording with the guest of honor, and I am so excited for this episode to go live because she is just the sweetest human, and I am so happy recording in person now. Sometimes I get a little embarrassed, I'm not going to lie, taking people up to this little makeshift podcast studio because (laughs) it's not a podcast studio. If you guys watch the YouTube videos, you can kind of see, but it is a very just like small office. We desperately need to vacuum this place. Like I'm not going to lie. It's kind of gross. The carpet is gross. I'm bringing in my Dyson tomorrow. Mark my words. But yeah, I'm kind of like a little embarrassed. It's, It's fine. It's, it's honestly fine. But then I'm like, I shouldn't be embarrassed. This is so cool. We have our own little office. I think it's just whenever I bring like guests that I think are like super super cool I get so much more self-conscious so that's kind of just like why I'm like a little bit more embarrassed when I bring people into this office but I shouldn't I should be very very proud anyways today's episode I have Isabella Grutman on the show and she is so sweet she is a model she's been modeling for so long. She's been modeling since she was 13 years old. She's a mother of two kids. And her husband is Dave Grutman, who owns a lot of the famous Miami restaurants. And she also is the founder of her own two businesses. So it's Issa Grutman Jewelry. And then it's also Rangel. I am just so excited to have her on because she is like the sweetest person. You would think with a background like that, with being a successful model, a successful business owner, being just like so cool. Like look at her Instagram. She's super, super cool and so authentic. You would think that, okay, she is intimidating. No, she's the sweetest person. And I was so excited to interview her, especially just being in Miami. I feel like she knows the spots in Miami and she's kind of also lived all over. So I'm very, very happy to have her on the podcast. This episode, we talk a lot about confidence. We talk a lot about how the modeling industry has changed, how to kind of find your imperfections and actually be confident in them. And it's just overall a really, really great episode. So if you guys are listening, please be sure to screenshot it and tag myself and also tag Isabella in this episode. I'd love for her to see that you guys are listening to the pod. And also if you're watching on YouTube, let me know as well. Leave a comment. 
I guess if you're watching on YouTube, you wouldn't be listening to this intro because the intros are only on podcasts. So if you decide to go watch on YouTube, then leave a comment. And then if you are listening, please be sure to rate five stars on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify. So without further ado, let's welcome Isabella Gretman to the show. Hi, Isabella. Thanks for coming on my podcast. Hi, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. I know we've been planning this for a little bit. You said this is your first in-person podcast. So. Yeah, first one. Very honored. Thank you. But I wanted to kind of start the conversation back when you were younger and back when you were starting out as a model, starting out in the industry. You were 14, right? Yeah. So actually, I started modeling when I was 13. And I used to live in a very small town. And my dad used to live in a big city. So I went to visit my dad and then I met someone that was like, oh, you should go see this agency. And I was like, but I'm so young and I'm so like, I never felt like I was a beautiful model. Mm -hmm. So then I went to see the agency and they loved me and they were like, can you move it? to this big city straight away because you need to get to work and I was like okay but I was 13 and then when I was 14 to 15 I went to South Korea for modeling and then that's when I really started because then I never really went back home I just kept like traveling going to Milan London Paris and then I went to South Africa And then in South Africa, I stayed there for four years. I did college there for fashion design. And then I went back to Paris and then New York. And then I went back to modeling. And then modeling has like been my whole life. It's it's part of me. Yeah. And at this point, you were in Brazil, right? Uh, I was in Brazil at 13, yes. How did you get discovered? Like, Were you just sought after, you know, walking around or were you actively looking to be a model yeah. how what was that discovery I like? was definitely not looking to be a model I was always like very old so so I can say like at 13 I was a child I was already like a woman that was like I want to find something to do at work but it was my sister's friend that came over to our house and she was a model at the time and she was like Isabella can I take you to my agency I feel like you have potential and I'm sure they're gonna love you so then I end up going to the agency they love me and then I had to like move to the big city with my dad at the time I was living with my mom and my sister and it was a big move but in the same time It was weird because it was my time. I was ready for it. Mm -hmm. And was that when you moved, when you decided to do this in your head, were you thinking this is going to be a career or was it, oh, this is fun. I'm young. This is good for now. I used to take it as like a little business, but I always thought like, oh, this is great money. And actually like the first job that I did, I was 13 and all the money that I got I took my sister shopping it was kind of like just a fun thing to get money and I always love to like save as well so it was a good way for me to like keep up kind of like my independence with my dad and my mom because they always gave me everything I needed but in case I want to like to buy something for myself or my sister I always wanted to have that security that I could just do whatever I wanted kind Mm -hmm. of Yeah. And you moved then to South Korea a few years later, right? Yeah. What was that culture shock? You grew up in Brazil. You were there your whole life. You're a kid. You know, you're really little. 
how did you make that move? What was that transition like? Like, were you scared or? Yeah. The craziest thing is like when I went to Korea, I was 14 to 15 and I didn't speak English at all. And I didn't speak Korean, obviously. So for me, it was a big shock. And then as well, like the food, it was so different. Everything is so different. The culture was so shockingly different. But in the same time, I loved it. I'm still like different cultures feed my soul. And then... I was there for three months and then within those three months I made great friends like people taught me English they would like be so nice and like because I was so young so Mm -hmm. like all my friends they were older but they were kind of like taking care of me and guiding me which was really nice but then when I went back to Brazil I was a grown-up you know like Mm -hmm. I was like I can do anything and about being afraid I feel like when you're really young you're not really afraid of anything I feel like if I think of like doing something something like that now I would be more afraid and I would overthink about everything back then I didn't I was just like great opportunity send me the flight (laughs) give me the money and then I'm happy you know yeah and were your parents supportive of this or were they kind of scared to let you go did you go with family to South Korea no I went by myself so my parents they were very supportive but in the same time they didn't believe that I was gonna stay and they didn't believe I was going to keep doing it because I was very shy my whole life. And it was hard for me to be, you know, in the world and not have them and the whole thing. I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to do anything for myself. But I think it was a great time for me because then I took some responsibilities that I didn't have before and I had to grow up by myself which Mm -hmm. was great but they were scared and they're still scared like they're still back in Brazil they still see me as a baby even though I'm a married woman with two kids (laughs) so they still like worry about me but they say all the time like if it was my sisters that would do it they would say no but they always gave me the trust I was always very responsible I was always very serious so they were like she can do it you know Mm -hmm. Was there ever moments when you wanted to give up and you wanted to just go back home? Yeah, one time, actually, like my first day in Milan, I was 16 years old and the people in Italy, they're very tough and can be rude. So my booker, he gave me a big map. Back then, there was no iPhone. There was no Google map, you know, like it was hard to find places. And my booker, he gave me a big map. And he gave me a list of places that I had to go visit, like castings. So my first day, I was so lost. And then I said to him, like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. Like, is it going to be hard for me? And then he goes to me and he's like, if you're not stupid, you can do it. And I was just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Yeah, by, you're 16, Yeah, right? I was you're 16. Little. And then by the end of the day, I didn't make it to any castings. I was so lost in the city. I had so many blisters on my feet from just walking. I would, like, make it to castings, like, two hours later. And then I couldn't make it. It was a disaster. And then I called my dad and I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like, I need to come back home. I can't be dealing with these people like this. And then in the end, my dad was like, no you stay there 
you do what you have to do. You're going to figure it out. And I was like, okay. And then after like a few days, I figured it out. But it was really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Like having like a big map from a city that I had no idea where I am or the language. And they're not very like welcoming and open. So it was really hard. It was much harder than Korea. Korea, they were like open to help me out and guide me and always be there for me. And Italy was like, throw me in the in the wolf and like figure it out yourself. Yeah, no, that is so scary. And did you have like when you were calling your dad, you wanted to go home? Did you have a plan B? I mean, you were 16, so you could have just gone back to high school. So I actually I finished high school. So my trips would be like three months trip and then I will come back to Brazil and then study for like two, three months, mm. finish whatever assignments I had to do, and then go back to traveling. So I ended up finishing my school and I was never delayed. I was very serious with my studies, but I didn't have a plan B, but I never thought that I would be modeling until now. Like I thought modeling would be a short thing, you know, like few years and then I'll have another job or I'll study. And then I end up studying and doing fashion design, which I'm very grateful that I did because now I'm a fashion designer. So I think that everything happened the way it had to happen. And I'm just grateful that modeling, I took it as a business and not something that was just like fun and like mm -hmm. being, you know, in, in that world. Yeah. First, that's incredible that you finished school because so many people, it's way too yeah. hard to do yeah. that. Like It's hard to be traveling. It's hard to be on the go. It's hard to be having it. A whole career while you're yeah. in high school finishing it and then you also went to college yeah when you went to college were you still modeling on the side there as yeah. well so college I was not able to finish because of that because I had to pay for my college and work and like it was too much and then it got to a point that I'm like I really have to work full-time and fashion design is harder than anyone can imagine like yeah. I was studying so hard and like my whole days were like filled with things to do like it was too much and then I end up not modeling so much and then in the end I couldn't afford to do both so I chose to go back to Paris and make money and then my plan was to go back to college and finish it but then I was too busy I was doing really well with modeling and I was like I can't go back at this point Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. 
Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Heirs tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. I give you props for even finishing high school and going to school and doing that anyways. With the fashion design, I know now you're a fashion designer as well. Do you think that that was always something that like you wanted to do? That's why you went to school for it. And now yeah. you have the opportunity to do it. Or was that always something in the back of your mind? Yeah, no. Like since I'm a, a child, I used to always ask my mom for like dresses instead of dolls. And like mm-hmm. I was always very like intuitive with fashion. I always loved reading magazines and checking editorials. And also in the modeling world, like when you but a beautiful piece it feels so good and like I love finishes I love fabrics I love the whole thing so for me when I said to myself okay I want to do college fashion design was on top of my head and then mm-hmm. like I used to love sewing I still sew sometimes but not as often but I used to love sewing and making things with my hands so I think for sure like it was what I meant to do yeah And the modeling world and the fashion world are very glamorized, I think. So many people want to be a part of it. So many people are trying to be a part of it. And also there's, you know, social media now that really glamorizes that lifestyle. Is it glamorous being a model, being in fashion? Or what are kind of like the realities of it? Yeah, it's not as glamorous as people think. I think that the lifestyle is glamorous because you get to like travel and be like around really glamorous, fashionable people. but 
there's a lot of things that it's more like reality, which means it's business. You have to show up to work sometimes at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Like I did tons of shoots that I had to show up at 5 a.m. There was one time I had to show up at 3 a.m. because they wanted like the 5 a.m. light. So it's 12 hours work sometimes. It's like 10 hours, 12 hours. So then that lose the glamour, you know, and you have to always keep up. You have to work out and uh, be in shape. Nowadays, people are more open to different types of bodies and um, lifestyle. But for me back then, it was like very intense. Like yeah. you have to work 12 hours, but then in the same time, you have to go work out sometimes before you go to work. So it's intense, but it's great. It's a business. As long as it takes it as a business, it's a good thing. Yeah. How difficult is it to not compare yourself to other models or to other women in the industry? Because I feel like that must take a toll on you, especially when you started, you were so young. And that's, I know for me, when I was 16, 15, 16, 17, that was when I was comparing myself the most to like people in my high school. And like, I wasn't in that industry even. So how was that for you? I think I was very lucky to have people in the industry that would complement the things that I didn't like. For example, like my teeth. I never fixed my teeth because I've had people that were like, if you fix your teeth, I'm never going to book you ever again. Like they're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Wow. So it's things that like I could be conscious and like be worried about it. But in the same time, I always have these people in the back of my mind that it's the imperfections. It's what makes you perfect. So mm. I believe that everything has their own thing. And I think that it's boring when like people try to be similar or the same as like, you know, like people that are out there and inspiring people. Because in the same time, I think there's something beautiful about being different and having those imperfections. I think if everyone was perfect, that would be so boring. Like, yeah. I love that, like, I don't do my eyebrows anymore because I actually like the way they are now. Like, you just have to, like, start accepting yourself, too. Yeah. And I think the more you accept yourself, the more you like yourself and the more you show to the world that you're actually happy with yourself. And then that brings beauty. Mm-hmm. How do you instill that confidence? Not only... Like, how do you practice that within yourself? Is it something you practice with yourself? And like, also, how do you instill it to your kids or to people around you? So many people have such a hard time accepting those things. Yeah. And so I want to know if you like have any practices that you do or that you also kind of pass down to your kids. The practice that I do is just be grateful with what God gave you, you know, like I have small boobs and sometimes I'm like, ah, are they too small? Whatever. And then I'm like, you know what? I breastfed two beautiful kids and I'm very grateful for what I have and what I gave it to them you Mm -hmm. know so I think it's just more acceptance and then the next day you know like I'm like actually I like my boobs yeah it's you know it's like you just have to look at yourself in a way that it's not judging it's like everyone is different. Everyone has the, some kind of beauty. Everyone has some kind of charm. And I think the more you accept it, the more beauty comes out as well because you inspire other people accepting it. It's a hard thing, especially for like younger people like you now because with the social media, everyone seems to be so perfect and mm-hmm. like, but they're actually not. <laughs> like, I know. You know, a lot of times they added themselves to this perfection, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And the back of the they're not, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because now I think with social media, so many people try to 
look a certain way. It's like everyone wants to look the same, like the filters on TikTok and Instagram, like everyone kind of wants to look a very specific way. And like you said, once everyone starts looking the same or editing the same way, like it's not special. It's not unique. It, It takes away from what makes people themselves and I think what makes people beautiful too because yeah. I'm the same way growing up I remember I have like thick eyebrows and I was always like super hairy like everywhere mm-hmm. and like my mom never let me wax my eyebrows she would Good. like wax the unibrow sometimes yeah. but like nothing else she was like no do not touch them because everyone else had thin eyebrows at the time yeah. and she like would not let me do that she was very particular with even just like if I wanted to dye my hair if I wanted you know any like change she was always like you look good like don't try to look like everyone else you know at one point I wanted to be blonde because like everyone was blonde I wanted to be blonde at one time too (laughs) yeah and I I did it and it looked horrible (laughs) that's the thing like you can try but like sometimes you just have to accept yourself and like for example I think the eyebrow thing actually makes us look younger yeah, no, I'm so happy eyes. now. Yeah. And that's why I that when I was 18, I was like, look at myself. I was like, wait, I look older than 18 because my eyebrows were like thin. And I was like, I'm not touching them ever again. And I think we look younger. Like yeah. if I see a girl with like thicker, because nowadays everyone is like doing so much with their faces and everything. And they're looking older. Yeah. And they're losing their youth and the vibrance and everything because it's just, I don't know. I think that natural beauty has to come back because mm-hmm. it's like the most beautiful thing, you know, it's people's difference, like people's imperfections. It makes it so much more special. Yeah, I totally agree. And I hope that it does make a comeback. I think social media people are more open about it now, but still, it's so hard to not compare yourself. Like, it's so hard to not compare yourself or, you know, the boob thing, too. Like, I, I have super small boobs and all the time I'm like... Do I like I want them kind of bigger and then I'm like no I don't like then I can't wear tops like yeah, this yeah like, exactly <laughs> so you can actually... wear tops like that and you have to wear a bra and yeah. it's like and sometimes it weighs like people that have big boobs are like oh I have like a backache from my boobs I'm exactly like, you exactly. don't want to be dealing with that you know exactly and I know you're a mom now too and you yeah. have two little kids are you gonna let them be on social media are you like worried about i guess this upcoming generation with how the comparison the you know enhancements like all of that my daughter actually she's five and she asked me all the time we can i have a phone i'm like when you're 18 (laughs) but the plan is for now when she's 13 she can have a phone but with no social media Mm -hmm. because i think that there is so much like growth that it has to come to her and my other daughter as well, that's three, before she can actually have that kind of access. Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of darkness in social media. There's a lot of, like, judgment. And I'm grateful that I didn't have it until I was, like, what, 20? Because I had to have, like, that security. I feel like it's scary that so many girls are so insecure. Yeah. And then in the same time, like, the social media doesn't help at all. No, it only it's makes like it worse. Perfection, like you say, everyone's trying to be perfect. And then everything that people write is like this beautiful life. Everything is to perfection. And like, it's not the reality. So like for them, that's another reason why I don't do fillers. I don't do lip, whatever it's called, all those things, because I want them to look at me and be like, okay, mommy has her own thing going on it's not like the girl next door Mm -hmm. and mommy doesn't have the big butt but she's still 
beautiful, whatever yeah. like they want to look at me and think. But I think that we have to inspire the kids to just like be accepting of themselves mm-hmm. and like to be different. And yeah. not like everyone the same. Yeah, I love that. And I think that it is important. Like I know growing up, if someone is always, you know, making comments about their body or their face or what they're getting done, everyone can do whatever they want, like do what makes you happy. But little kids are so impressionable. Yeah. And so if you're constantly like making a comment about your weight, you're constantly making a comment about, you know, oh, you don't look pretty or whatever. Three and five year old are going to yeah. start to hear that. So I think that's so important that yeah. you're doing that. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I don't talk to them about beauty so much. It's very like today my daughter was excited to wear a pajama to go to school because it's like that's what they're allowed today. And I was like, you know what? It's great. She picked her home pajama like she's not worried about putting like flower pajama with a flower it's okay like Mm -hmm. they have to find themselves and find their own thing and like they look at me and they know mommy sometimes wears a little heel and like I put myself together yeah and I think everyone should try their best to put themselves together and look decent because I think you feel better about yourself as well like there's days I'm like moody or like upset about something I then put like a yellow dress and I put a lipstick on because that's going to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like something vibrant and you have to take care of yourself in a way. And it's like you telling yourself it's fine. Like put it on a flowery dress that's going to make you happy and whatever it is. Yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I agree. I always feel better when I put myself together. Yeah. Like even here, if I come to work at the office, like I want to, you know, put on an outfit that is cute, not just like sweats and that's it. So, no, I agree with that. Would you let your kids go into modeling if they wanted to? Like at 13, would you send them to South Korea? (laughs) Yeah, so I would. I think modeling is very different now than when I started like modeling when I started like we used to go to castings and like do like a whole it was a much different business nowadays is a lot about social media mm-hmm. so let's see how it is in like yeah. a little bit time because I want them to if they're gonna do modeling they need to take it as a business yeah and they need to focus on that it's not like oh I can just do a photo shoot here and then like not do anything for a week I'm like no yeah, you're gonna like, work. What I, yeah, <laughs> I just feel like whatever you do, you have to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. It's not like okay, I'm a model, and then you just want to be on the beach the whole day tanning. You can't do that because then if you have the marks to show up for work, it's not good. Yeah. So I think like as long as they take seriously whatever they're gonna do, I'm happy with it. Yeah. I think that's a good like work ethic to instill in your kids. And I know you obviously have modeling that you've been doing since you were 13. You also have your own business as well. Was that something entering the entrepreneurship journey that you always wanted to do or kind of just like you had an idea and you had to go for it? I think my husband inspires me a lot because he does so much and he works and the way he thinks it's very like impulsive, but in a nice way. Like me, I was always very scared of everything. I was always like, I could think of a business, but I was scared to open up. And my husband is always like, if we don't try, we're not going to make it. You know, like you have to do it. Like if it doesn't work, it's fine. But like, at least we try and we do our best. Yeah. So I think like having him every day, like opening restaurants and opening this and like investing in this company, he inspires me a lot 
to not overthink and not to be afraid, which is a thing you have to have if you're going to do a business, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that before him. So it's not like I thought about doing my own business before, but like after a few years being with him, I was like, I think I can do it. And then like I'm doing it, you know? You say that you were more like scared and timid, but I feel like moving across the world at such a young age, doing, you know, your own business in the sense of modeling, all of that is something that most people would be so terrified to do. That's true. You know, maybe it's scary, like to start another type of business, but I don't think I could have done that at 13. Like I could not. And I'm, that's a good point. Like you see, like I always judge myself being like, Oh, I'm scared, whatever. But actually like to do that when you're so young. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's so impressive. And I think with, entrepreneurship and with starting something that's your own like it is a little scarier because your name is on it and you know it's like something separate from you it's not like modeling is very much intertwined with you like you are the model a business is something that you're kind of creating and it's your name on it but it's a separate entity so when you were first starting you know your first one was closing yeah okay so when you were first starting that what kind of sparked you to create that? Why was like then the right time? Like walk me through kind of the idea to actually being like, okay, I'm doing this. So it was actually during COVID, like a lot of brands actually came out during COVID. Yeah. But it was during COVID. I had extra time and was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a sewing machine again because my sewing machine is in Brazil. So I was like, I'm just going to buy a sewing machine and get back to making clothes. So I used to like buy the patterns and the fabrics online and fabrics were beautiful and I was like you know I'm just gonna make my girls dresses and they started making my girls dresses and like for the dolls and the hairband whatever it is I was just making stuff like constantly and then someone saw it like uh, our friends would see and they're like oh my god you have to do a business around there so then I started like doing the business plan whatever like starting to figure out how I'm gonna do it and then all the fabrics that I was buying they were organic cotton and I was like you know what for me it was very important to always have my kids in like really clean organic Mm -hmm. you know for the skin for everything and for the environment as well so it was like okay I can do a sustainable brand but then in the same time I need women's clothes because I was like I need to get stuff for myself my friends like you know And then I just started like growing the company and then just slowly like first collection was small and the second was a little bit. That's what I wanted. That's what I envisioned. Like to just start like myself and then I hire an assistant. And then now I have six people in my office plus four factories that do different things. So like now I'm in the phase that I'm like, okay, I'm doing more women's wear because that's what I see like people are more interested my kids are in the phase that they just want to wear costumes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not that inspired around the kids. But I'm always going to have a little bit of kids and then more women's wear. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I also think right now there's like little kids clothing that's like super cute and very costumey, yeah. you know. There's not something that's kind of like mommy and me, which I yeah. love. So. Yeah, I think the mommy and me was like also just my kids telling me, mommy, can we match? Yeah, the matching and I'm stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. So like I use the same fabrics, but it's not exactly same silhouette because I think it can go a little cheesy sometimes. So like (laughs) I just like to match the fabric and then like we are matching, but we're not really matching. It's just for them to be like, oh, my God, like we have the same outfit. 
but I make sure that the mom looks good and the mom is sexy and the mom still like has mm-hmm. the whole vibe. And then the kid is still a kid. So it's like sweet and innocent and just like easy to put on. But I still the mom can look really good. Yeah. Well, I like that you mentioned like the kid can still be a kid because I think even with what we were talking about earlier with like the pressure and, you know, people wanting to look so much older, I think little kids now like they're on social media at age like 10 you know even younger some of them so the fact that that's like an emphasis i think is really awesome yeah 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 it's hard because kids they want to grow up so fast like even my five-year-old she is five but like she tries to be so big and like she tries to take over and it's amazing like yesterday i was just watching her she was like trying to plan her sister's birthday party and i'm like okay like <laughs> teacher like, you're, you're your dad's daughter for sure planning <laughs> parties but i think it's important to like keep them playing in the grass and like you know just keep them, keep them as kids as kids yeah yeah no definitely and then why did you decide to start the isa gretman jewelry aside from yeah. wrangle like what was the reason to make it separate yeah so i love jewelry and i wear a lot of it it's looks and great by the way i'm right like staring I'm basic i'm basic because <laughs> uh, i was in the bahamas so i like sometimes i tone it down like if i go somewhere then, but i love jewelry and i love jewelry that i can wear every day that i'm not conscious about it like oh my god is it gonna break or is it gonna get torn so i wanted to create a line that you can wear every day you can swim in the ocean it's 14 karat gold so it's still very good gold and very good diamonds but like i work out with my stuff Mm -hmm. and like before i launch anything like i wear it for like six months and i go to like work out with weight whatever it is because i want pieces that's gonna be timeless i want pieces that like you put it on and you never take it off yeah that's my whole thing like this one i've had it on for like so long and this one is a new sample that's still not out oh so like i wear things like i I just want to make sure it doesn't scratch it doesn't like you know that the quality is really good because i think it's important to just if you're gonna make jewelry it has to be things that you can have for the rest of your life and you can pass along because that's the most beautiful thing about jewelry yeah yeah i never buy jewelry anymore that i can't wear like that i can't wear always because I don't take my jewelry off. Like I keep this necklace on. I have one that I always wear also that I had like a massage the other day. So I took it off. Yeah, it's annoying. (laughs) The the massage sometimes I'm like, can I I just keep it? I know. Yeah. But all my rings, like this little earring, like I do not take them off, but I want more because I feel so plain. And I'm like, looking. I'm like, okay, I need to get like inspired by all of everything you have. It can build it up too. Like whatever like you get with within your life, you just like put it on. And it's kind of like, that's why I just buy stuff and I put on top. I don't even think too hard people sometimes like how do you think so hard of like how to put things together I'm like i do think but i don't think too hard. <laughs> i just put it on if it fits on that finger if it's like it works if it looks good i'm like okay kill it yeah That's well it. it looks great i'm, I'm very inspired i'm like okay you gotta check it out Thank and get some pieces yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you've also lived all over i mean you've lived in what south africa south korea milan um, paris yeah new york London everywhere so is that where you get your inspiration from or where do you get your yeah so that's the other thing too like I'm so inspired by like different cities different cultures and different like environments that I'm always my clothes is like a girl that is here in Miami but she's 
could be from New York and she will go to New York and like everything is like wearable everywhere I wear my stuff in New York then I was in Barcelona and I was wearing it like all my trips are very inspiring to me because also like I like really light fabrics so everything I can wear everywhere but in the same time I was in Aspen I was wearing my silk shirt underneath because it's like long sleeve and silk is actually a fabric that is like it's lightweight but it warms you Mm -hmm. as well so it's one thing I didn't know before getting to this but I just like things. It's just not like, oh, I have a resort wear that I can only wear when I go on vacation. Yeah. I think it should be just like part of you and you just wear whatever and you style in different ways. Yeah. And just timeless. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. What's your favorite city that you've lived in? Well, that's hard to say, but I think Cape Town. Oh, really? Why? Yeah. Why is that? I have a special love for Cape Town because Cape Town is the only city that there's a beautiful beach, beautiful wine farms, beautiful town. If you take a car, it's like one hour, you're in a little French village. And then two hours, you can be seeing like whales. Like everything is really special. I love South Africa very much. I've never been. I'd love yeah, to go. It's very special. And yeah. you should do a safari. Yeah, I really, really want to. Yeah. What's your favorite part about living in Miami? I love Miami. Actually, like I always say, I love coming back to Miami because we travel so much. And Miami is the only city in the world that you actually go on vacation and you come back and you're actually happy to be in Miami. I agree. <laughs> it's like the weather is always so good. Like I love how easy it is. Everything is very accessible. The restaurants are great. The food is great. The schools are great. I'm very happy with my kids' school. Like, And just all the parks is great. And just being outside, it's such a pleasure to always be outside. I agree with the Miami comment because I was just in New York and I traveled to New York a lot. I used to live there for a little bit. Every time I'm there, I'm like, I'm so much happier living in Miami and visiting New York than the opposite. Because like you said, you're kind of like on vacation, but then you come back and it's another little mini vacation. Yeah, it's like, it's okay to be back home to work. It's fine. Like, yeah. Even if you're stuck in traffic, it's a beautiful sun. You open the window, you get the fresh air. It's fine. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, no, I love Miami. And also like Miami is really easy to fly everywhere. Yes. So it makes me happy. Yeah, it is. It's a good... Direct flights everywhere. Yeah. Even though I don't love the Miami airport, I love the flights out of the Miami yeah. airport. It's all easy. And like I can be in Brazil in eight hours. So I'm yeah. like, very happy about that. Do you go home? a lot i go a lot like four times a year oh nice yeah nice like sometimes i just have a little clinch and i was like okay i need to go back to home my my family yeah i come back i'm like refreshed and Mm -hmm. energized you know when you go back do you go back to the smaller town or do you go back to the big city i go to the big city but sometimes i go to the small town because my grandmothers are still there oh nice and my mom as well so i go there or they all come to the big city yeah that's nice well thank you so much isabella for coming on my podcast this was such a fun conversation that was so sweet thank you so much for having me yeah where can they find you where can they find all of your businesses so wrangle is a grantman jewelry so my own personal is Isabella Grainto Gretman and my business is Isa Gretman Jewelry my jewelry brand and then my clothing brand is called Shop Rangel so it's shoprangel.com and the Shop Rangel on Instagram amazing thank you so much for coming thank on thank you 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.